Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Oh, hey, happy happy hour, everyone. Guess what, guess what we can have now? We can have scotch. Scotch is back. Yeah. Because President Biden knows the art of the deal. The art mm-hmm. of the deal! Yeah. Oh, also, <laughs> he got Merck and Johnson, two competitors, to work together and use the Defense Production Act so that we can have, oh my God, vaccine, we can all be vaccinated by the end of May because it's the art of the... The art of the deal! Yeah. What? I just saw that mm-hmm. the movie theaters are going to be opening in New York this summer. What's opening? Movie theaters. Okay, thank we'll you. We'll be Mr. opening again in New York. Thank you, Mr. Mumbles. Okay, I'm not going to one yet, but we could potentially oh. get vaccinated. <laughs> just saying, Texas, hold the fuck on. Jesus, Mississippi, I can't, I can't. Yeah. We're this yeah. close to having nice things. Everybody just fucking mask up. Just whenever you're ready, just stick it in. Get the, stick it in. Don't, what? you don't worry about them telling you you're pretty or who it is. Just, just let them stick that needle in. Just get vaccinated, mask up, social distance. Oh, We're almost oh, the there. Needle. Yeah. The needle. What did you think I meant? The needle. Okay. Whenever you're ready, just stick it in. Just stick it in for God's I, sake. I haven't had the other kind of stick it in. Yeah. In yeah. A year, this is. I'm. So. I'm a perfect example of being right. I'm not. What's. I'm alone in COVID lockdown. I'm. Why? Because I'm too picky. Just stick it in. Just, Moderna, Pfizer, who cares? Just stick it in. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what comes of being too picky. Do you think you knew what you Well, You're you could also have slow. John. You could also have Johnson and Johnson. Hello. Get the double dick mm-hmm. one. Get whatever you can get. Get the. Two, I would like the two dick one, please. Just stick it in. No, no, I don't care if you think I'm pretty. Just stick it in. Okay. Listen. <laughs> We have a fantastic happy hour. We have Frank Fligluzzi, former G-Man, FBI. Yes. And he said... The same thing on MSNBC, he basically said on our show. This, I, I, He believes, his gut tells him, of course, this goes to the White House. This is where this is going, the Capitol riot, yep. right? It's the first uh, Trump appointee yep. was arrested. They are looking at the data between legislators and uh, Capitol rioters. And he fucking ordered the code red. How often do I have to say it, for God's sakes? It goes all the way to the... Why do you think he put all those people in at the Pentagon at the last minute? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. He ordered the code red. Did you order the code mm-hmm. red? Yeah. I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're damn right I did! Okay. That was my point. Okay. 
and Kimberly Johnson, who dropped, who said shit twice on the regular show in, 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 to announce her fucking new podcast on which she can say fucking shit, but she can't say it on the mothership in the morning, yeah. but she did. So we're going to, we're playing the whole entire filthy Kimberly Johnson appearance from this yeah. week and her new Start yeah, Me Up podcast. No yeah, Start Me Up on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, another fantastic addition on your Sexy Liberal, your superstation, on your podcasting superstation. Right? So it's... Yes. Okay. Yes. We've got S-bombs. We've got <laughs> super handsome Frank Laguzzi. Uh, and just... We've got, got two dicks. Yeah, we've got two dicks. Stick <laughs> it in. Just everybody get it stuck in you. Wherever you are, do it. Mask up. <sighs> okay. And, have, and listen, have some scotch. Why not? It's back. Everything's yeah. back, baby. Yeah, drink up. We can have nice things. And happy, happy hour. Eat it. Get it. Enjoy yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a method to my madness. I'm actually trading uh, produce. I, I'm going to uh, bring Sean down a plate of uh, kabocha that I've already cooked, and I just gave him a raw purple sweet potato because uh, I'm looking mm-hmm. for tax. I'm looking to trade for tax because it's almost hour three to put a sheet up there so I don't look like a Patrick Swayze I, at the I end of Ghost. I can't believe you don't have thumbtacks lying around. I don't know. We're on a bit of a budget. We're just, we're jerry-rigging this morning. <laughs> for instance, we don't have a jingle for the newest Sexy Liberal, uh, from the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, Kimberly Johnson. So we're just going to play the tape of the last time she had sex with Bob Seska in the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Right here. Right here. Oh, right there on the <laughs> dial. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh, God. It's her first time. It's your first time. We'll be gentle. Kimberly Johnson, good morning. Welcome, welcome to the the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network with Start Me Up, your fantastic podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for the offer. I just, I'm... I'm over the moon. I I got I did got get down on one knee, didn't I? I did. I texted you. <laughs> yes, you did. I was like, I'm down on one knee, Kimberly. <laughs> Will you join the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do. I kid you and Bob. Uh, first of all, what's up with all Bob's glamour shots on Instagram? Here's Bob Seska pensively looking into the ocean in Hawaii. Here's Bob Seska shirtless. <laughs> Well, you know, he's such a handsome guy. He's got to share his beauty with everybody. Yeah, well, yeah. you both you both are hot, but also incredibly smart and funny. And you, of course, on your own have an angry vagenda of manicide. Yes, I'm very angry. I'm angry all the time. <laughs> well, can I ask where that started or where that came from, your angry vagenda of manicide? Um, well, I guess you could say it all started with Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> oh. um, but may it really re- kind of may did. Rest it in. really kind of did because in 20 I think it was like 2012 he had attacked Sandra Fluke yeah. and you know he did that whole thing where he called her a slut and he wanted to see her mm-hmm. sex video and so at that time my mother and I had just come out with the book The Virgin Diaries and I was like trying to find an angle right because we self-published and I thought I want somebody like Rush Limbaugh to attack me so I did uh, an open letter from a liberal slut to Rush Limbaugh on my on my little blog, and it kind of exploded, and then it just started this whole like angry feminist thing that I'm like still doing, except right. I'm not really that angry, but I kind of am angry. Oh, how angry you know? could mm-hmm. you be getting to have sex with Bob Seska? I mean, really? <laughs> I know it's really. all a, it's all a ruse. <laughs> I have all this rage, and then you know we do it in the refrigerator, and I'm so happy. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and that, cool. that cools you off. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I love how, like, just on Twitter yesterday, you were like, just don't be a pervert at work. Just, it's not that hard. 
No shit. Oh, I mean, we see oh, it you can't say time. that. You can't say that. Oh, this is your first time. You've only done the happy hour before, little potty right. mouth. <laughs> Uh oh! I, I cannot yeah. be a potty mouth. You're, so, you're on the yeah, you're on the mother you're on the mothership now. You have to behave. Okay, I have to be good. Uh, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yes, it just seems that it's so confusing for some people. I mean, I had a conversation with this man uh, a while ago talking about how like well, you can't even touch anybody at work, and I'm like, well, first of all, you can shake somebody's hand. You can put right. your hand on their shoulder, but don't embrace and don't you know assume that you can just go up and grab someone from behind and and then don't complain that you can't touch anybody at work. It's like you're not supposed to be touching people at work. You're supposed to be working, you know. And right. It seems right. so obvious to me. Well, let's talk about this Cuomo thing because I, you know, I, I think I'm get a little like ugh because I just. That was a personal thing for me that I didn't think Al Franken should. You you may disagree that I don't right. think he should have resigned, but I just I feel like I don't, there's always a double standard. We always like Democrats always apologize and resign, yes. and Republicans, without exception, almost go by the lying whores, fake news, mm-hmm. lying whores, and I'm not going to resign. That is the that's right. the Republican playbook, whether from Donald yeah. Trump on down, right? And I you know I don't I'm not from New York. I don't know what your take is. I. I know, do know Andrea Juncker, our friend, said, allow me to address the elephant in the Cuomo room. Two of Trump's friends are vying to become governor of New York so they can pardon him and his spawn. I mean, I just, I guess I, it feels so coordinated. I, I mean, I do think yeah. a lot of it sounds bad, and I don't think he handled some of it. I, I thought he was better the other day, his explanation. What, what did you think? Or just at least his apology seemed... Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think I think that this is like this hard, fine line, and... and you know, if men are going to behave in a, in appropriately appropriately at work or anywhere, yeah, I think that they should feel like they shouldn't be able to do that, whether it's being called out for it or whatever. And you know, maybe if there's an investigation, I mean, I felt the I feel the yeah. same way you feel about Al Franken. He did call for an investigation, and then he left before that could happen. Yeah. So I really appreciate the fact that he was like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's investigate this," because that's how we're supposed to do it. And then he, I guess he was asked to resign and then he resigned, but, and I wish that he wouldn't have, but with Cuomo, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, well, if he was inappropriately, you know, doing things with women, yes, he should be called out on it. um, But should he resign? Uh, I think at, at the very least, there should be some kind of, you know, somebody looking into it, investigate this, see what's going on. But yeah, it's a total double standard. Yeah. It's bullshit. Oh, and then we get you did it again. Oh, again. You did it again. Again. <laughs> I have to stop. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'll stop. I promise. The last person to double bomb us like that was Sean Patrick Maloney. So you are in good company with the Congress. Okay, you well, are. I promise. Yeah. I promise. And he has to deal with a lot of bullshit every day. So in his defense. <laughs> oh my, I'm so bad. <laughs> wow, well, three strikes and I'm you're sorry. out, Missy. All right. I know. I know. It, it might I'll be a good time to swear. note that her podcast is is uncensored. Yes. So there, yes. There you go. If you like, if you like, if you like, all of that. that if you like more of this filth, you can find it on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Yeah. <laughs> and start me up. Okay. Oh, whoops. Okay. Bob, she's going to need to be corrected later in the refrigerator. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I actually found it refreshing. I could be wrong. But I just found it refreshing that a Democrat for once said I'm not going to resign until the daily investigation is over and maybe... No, I think that's good. You know, I, I'm, I'm for that. And, you know, I mean, I'm a feminist and so... But, you know, I got to say... I don't necessarily view myself as there's all kinds of feminists. I'm the kind of feminist that I, I think I describe myself as like a Gen X feminist because right. 
we are still it got one foot in the politically incorrect world and I, I mean, I, I feel like, yes, every woman needs to be treated well and fair and all that. But at the same time, as you pointed out, this double standard is BS. And I think that, you know, we need to be stronger. And the fact that he's like, no, I won't resign. Good. I'm all for it. Well, and you also talked about this. Uh, you uh, tweeted, um, retweeted Stone Kettle, who said cancel culture isn't a real thing. What Republicans see is some nefarious organized mass conspiracy is nothing more than society's public rejection of unsavory actions and ideology. It is literally the very visible hand of their own adored free market at work. And and you said, and that will happen with millions of people on social media. I mean, duh. It's like those angry comedians right. who get so pissed when people don't think their sexist jokes are funny. People cancel <laughs> themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that is true sometimes, right? Yeah, I mean, like I was talking with Sarah Wood on my show yesterday, and she said it's really basically consequence culture, and that's what it is. You know, if you go out there and you say things that people don't like, they're going to have a reaction, and it's going to be negative. So right. I think that it's just, you know, it, it, on a social media, in a social media world, there are millions of people, if you're a famous person specifically, and you say something that people don't like, well, they're going to get angry, and they're going to, yeah. you know, I don't know about cancel. I remember because there are people. Hmm? I was gonna say I remember when it started in our business with Dr. Laura. You know, whining right. about you know free speech and her multi-million-dollar yeah. contract. It's like okay, you can say gay people are a biological mistake, but then if right. you know people sponsors don't want to be associated with that, that's not you right. know that's the free market, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. I mean, if you're just if you're gonna be a jerk, then you have to face those consequences. I know Bill Maher is also you know, complaining about whether uh, it's colleges or something like that. And it's like, well, they don't like what you're saying. So you can't scold them for not appreciating your brand of humor or whatever it is. They don't like you, you know, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get me started with <laughs> no. Omar. Okay. Her up. Uh, <laughs> um, also, you were talking about Alex Jones. We just played the audio yesterday of how much right he hates Donald Trump and is sick of him and whatever. <laughs> and you just said the boogeyman created Trump and Stein and now they hate him. That's what happens when you live on the dark side, but then we all pay the price. I mean, it just, yeah. I, I was saying, how are they still enthralled to this grifter, right? I was saying at CPAC, he said, the only way to help our movement is to go to DonaldJTrump.com. It's like, you don't, right, you don't get that. You're not, you're not going to get any of that. He's not for you. Yeah. 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 I think they did. <sighs> Uh, you can you we can go back all the way whether you want to go back to the john birch society when you go to ronald reagan go to newt gingrich but whatever the gop did create donald trump, trump alex jones roger stone all of those people created him right. so now he has turned into this ridiculous monster that's i don't know what i don't know what does he have is it blackmail i've heard people say no i don't want to say it's blackmail they're just terrible people but i mean there's something because you look at lindsey graham and he yeah. had that that famous tweet that's going to ruin the party or destroy the party. And basically that's playing out. So I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just terrified of the base. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there oh. is some kind of blackmail on key players. But I mean, it's definitely new. Noel Kasler was on my show and he was talking about how, um, you know, obviously Putin has blackmail on people and we all think he has it on Trump. But Trump did his own version of blackmailing when he was doing his business. So maybe he does have some things on key players i don't know but it's really 
it's really scary. Um, yeah, Designation Six on Twitter said Donald Trump could shoot Mike Pence on Fifth Avenue, and Mike Pence would let him get away with it. I mean, his uh, his op-ed was basically, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" I mean, I know, right? <laughs> he, he tried to have you hung. Like it just, I, it really, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've, I, there was one story today, can really about um, somebody that deprograms cults was talking about their businesses through the roof. I guess that's one good sign that, that so many friends and family wow. and, and actual people in QAnon or whatever are, are trying to get deprogrammed or they're trying to get loved yeah. ones deprogrammed from cults, from what is a cult. Yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't heard that, and I guess it is good news. I mean, I hope they're successful. I know, <laughs> yeah. There's well, a lot of them out there. For the sake of our country, yeah. I mean, look at this, like, Congress ran away. They, like, didn't work today because of the threat that, you know, this is Donald Trump's re-inauguration day or whatever the yeah. hell. I mean, it's oh just like... Right. Entire branch of government finished their business last night. So it's not right. It looks like Fallujah in, in D.C. today. Wow. Right. I mean, <laughs> because of these crazies, because of people that are yeah. crazy. I mean, so that that's, you know, even more than the, you know, blue red divide. It's crazy people and not crazy people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like I, I, I never can believe it. I'm constantly surprised. I'm constantly saying I can't believe this is happening to my country. You know, I used to live in Russia and I've talked about that a lot on my show, but I lived in Soviet Russia <gasps> when I was. I knew it. A, You're a Russian yeah. deep, deep agent. <laughs> totally Bob Seska <laughs> totally <laughs> looks like a Manchurian candidate. That's who you would come <laughs> and activate. Some sort of genetically engineered super soldier like Bob Seska. You both look like genetically engineered super soldiers. Oh my I knew God. it. We are from the Soviet Socialist Republic. Um, but I, but Sean, I where's our creepy Russian music? I knew it. You are a sleeper cell. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I got to see what an entire nation under Soviet rule looked like. Not that I think we're going to have that here, but I'm just saying that there were so many people who just would walk down the street and they would they would basically look at the sidewalk and they nobody was smiling and it was gray and it was so awful mm-hmm. and when Trump won I re- and then we figured out that Putin had something to do with it I was like ooh I was really kind of freaked out now you know I mean I'm so glad that Trump is gone but what is left it, you know Putin a hasn't stopped attacking us or trying right. to dismantle democracy so he's still playing his game. Trump's got whatever his game is going on. And then we've got all these Q people. And I mean, I can't even believe the things that they say. None of us can believe the things they say. They think liberals eat babies. I mean, what is that? Yeah. I have a, a MAGA, I mean, a MAGA relative. Yeah. And I've talked about, you know, with her with my mother. And my mother's like, does she think we eat babies? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> does she really believe that? Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they're, they are. They're crazy. Yeah, they're too, then they're in a too, cult. too fatty for me. Okay. <laughs> Girl's got to oh, keep a nice figure. Um, you seem super close to your mommy. Does she love the, does she love the Bob Seska? She's, does she approve of this whole thing? Are you kidding? She loves him. I mean, oh, but you know, I think my father would actually marry him. <laughs> oh, he would. My your dad would date and kiss and marry Bob Seska. So much. Yeah. Well, he but has everybody that. Everybody loves him. Yeah, he has that allure. Yeah. And we love you. I've listened Aww. to your podcast over the holidays, and then I got down on one knee and I said, Kimberly Johnson, would you have professional refrigerator sex with me? And she said yes. <laughs> Computer says yes. She said yes. 
So start me off is the brand new. It's the baby of the family. It's available um, now. Sexyliberal.com yeah. on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Your uh, podcasting super station, as Bob Seska says, because oh, yes. he's a big superhero yeah. nerd. Yes. Okay. It's, hit subscribe on your podcast player. And by the way, he so is... Miss an episode. He has all of those dolls. As you know, he is the 40-year-old virgin, and I'm sure that you had sex with him <laughs> for the first time. So thank you for being the first time Bob Seska's ever had sex. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Relieve his tension. Okay. Love you, Kimberly Johnson. Love you, too. Welcome. Thanks, Kimberly. Hold that thought, you filthy potty mouse, Kimberly Johnson, while I get my clean phone wand and I disinfect your dirty, filthy (laughs) mouth. Okay. You can listen. The clean phone wand is portable. It works on anything. I mean, it's just Kimberly Johnson's mouth is a tough job, but I'm just saying it can do it. The clean phone, the clean phone pro, the clean phone one. It, it right, it, it gets rid of ninety nine point nine percent, ninety nine percent of everything: Vi- viruses, bacteria, S bombs, F bombs, whatever. It's just, it, and we need it. We're almost to the finish line. The vaccines are here. Yes. Right. Yes. We're so grateful. Yeah. That, uh, but we are. You got to, got to get to the finish line the right way, or it's going to go on forever. We're going to have a fourth wave. Right. That's what experts are saying. Mask up. Go to the NewDealShop.com. Get the KN95s, the FDA-authorized one with the anti-fraud labeling. They offer the most significant level of protection. We have the regular uh, blue surgical ones. If you want a double mask, mm-hmm. wear that and your fantastic cloth mask over it, your fashion mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have hand sanitizer. We have the Clean Phone, the Clean Phone Pro. If you're not using UV light, you're I, just a doofus. You are, I don't, yes. I don't know what to say about you. They don't, scientists know about this. They disinfect masks in hospitals. I don't have to wash my mask every day because I stick it in my clean phone or my clean phone pro or I use my clean phone wand on it. Your groceries, your packages, mm-hmm. you name it. Get it all at thenewdealshop.com. Get it, do it, thenewdealshop.com. Check us out. Check us how fancy we are. Uh, he's going to be on TV all day as the Pentagon uh, is uh, is up on uh, testimony on Capitol Hill. Of course, NBC News national security contributor, author of the bestseller uh, FBI Way, Inside the Bureau's Code of Excellence, former G-Man Frank Flaguzzi joins us now. Hi, Frank. Hey. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yesterday was a get me Frank Flaguzzi day because I was... <laughs> so break this down for us, Frank, because... Okay, I, maybe it's me. I feel like we should get rid of every, anyone that Trump appointed. I don't trust Kiss, Chris Ray, and neither does Senator Whitehouse, right? I mean, he was like, why did Republicans get access to all the Trump-Russia-Mueller report stuff, and you didn't give it to Democrats, and you haven't answered questions for how many years, right? And so he said some stuff that I think he couldn't avoid, that yes, of course, this was Trump supporters, and this was white supremacists and whatever, but... I, take take us through this because there was a lot of finger pointing and blame shifting and whatever. What happened January sixth, in your opinion? All right, so th- there's a lot to unpack in that yeah. in that rather elongated question. So yes. let's <laughs> let, let me talk about what you mentioned first, which is something that I wrestle with as well, right? And I, I've actually written columns about this whole issue of not politicizing the FBI by switching out FBI directors every time there's a new president. Right. We we know, and and your listeners are savvy enough to know that the FBI director has a 10-year term on purpose. Right. The purpose is, is to avoid this kind of politicization of the nation's law enforcement and intelligence agency. So I'm a huge fan of that 10-year term. Yeah. Now, whether whether or not we're a fan of Chris Ray is almost secondary to that, because I, yeah. I firmly believe if we switch out 
directors, we're going to do what Trump did when he fired Comey and what Comey did when he did some really silly things, which is we're going to further politicize the men and women of the FBI. So I think I look at yesterday's testimony as both frustrating and encouraging. And, and here's why. Ray said at least four things. Four, he spoke four truths. Right. And ha by half. And he spoke truth, by the way, to half a room of liars. Um, <laughs> you know, when he said the things that needed to be said, this was domestic terrorism. People might shrug and go, yeah, I knew that. No big deal. No, that's a huge statement because what it says to the people who were in there committing violence at the Capitol, you are not patriots. You are not doing an American thing. You are doing a terrorist thing. And that makes you a terrorist. And it makes those who radicalized you radicalizers of terrorists. So I thought that was a huge statement. Number two, he, he started cutting away at the big lie that the election was stolen. He said, no evidence yeah. of widespread voter fraud. And he went further and said, certainly no evidence of fraud that would overturn an election result. He then spoke truth about white supremacists. And boy, that was painful because he said, there's a lethality to white supremacy that the FBI is seeing in terms of their violence. And if you caught it, he said like between commas, there was there were white supremacists at the Capitol insurrection. That is, that's a huge statement. And then lastly, for me, he said, hey, no evidence that pretend um, pretend Trump supporters, you know, Antifa posing as Trump supporters were in there instigating and, and committing the violence. Right. We needed to hear that from him. Let me yeah, let's just hear that real quick. Frank, uh, cut, here's Chris Ray yesterday. As I said, militia, violent extremism, some instances of uh, racially motivated uh, violent extremism, uh, specifically advocating for the superior of the white race. Based on your investigation so far, do you have any evidence that the Capitol attack was organized by, quote, fake Trump protesters? We have not seen evidence of that at this stage, certainly. So, Frank, what, he obviously... Um, he faced this spray scrutiny over whether they properly shared intelligence leading up to the assault as well as its broader role in addressing the nation's domestic terror crisis. Um, Ray was not able to explain when pressed multiple times by lawmakers why the Norfolk field office's situational report is so far the only specific intel known to have been shared by the FBI prior to the January 6th attack and why the Bureau seemingly wasn't able to pick up on extensive chatter among groups beforehand from individuals intent on commit committing violence. I think Malcolm Nance, who joins us in a little bit, has always said... It was not a, a, a failure of intelligence. It was a failure to act on the intelligence. And I, I think today we're going to hear more from when the, it comes from the Pentagon as to what happened, right? All right. So I, I'm going to have to arm wrestle Malcolm Nance over who came up with that phrase first. I say I did. <laughs> I, I've, You're both, I, fight. You're both I, pretty. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, there you go. I've been, I've been saying that it's not an intelligence failure. The intelligence was there, but just nobody acted on it. But Stephanie, this is the much deeper, larger question. I, I get so, I, you know, my blood pressure rises when I, if I hear another discussion of the FBI Norfolk memo and whether it came in at 530 and whether it was an email or a verbal brief, yeah. my head's going to explode. Here, here's why this is so much bigger than the fbi norfolk memo right i i say this to, to what people who choose to focus on that god darn memo is would that have made if it was waved in your face would it have made any difference in your security posture on january 6th if it came in a week before if it was it was stapled to your forehead would you have done anything different at the capitol and i am convinced the answer is no and why am i convinced of that we have a collective inability to view ourselves as a threat. When when the FBI director says no, domestic terrorism is the number one threat, and people just go, you know, yawn, yawn, it's because we can't see white people as a threat. 
And so thank you. Well, but we have tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of social media posts for weeks, weeks before January 6th. Say, I saw them. I saw people talking about overwhelming the Capitol Police. Okay. Right. The problem is we can't see it. We we just there's a blindness there. But isn't so that this is the isn't that what we're going to get to the crux of today, Frank? The Pentagon oh, God, is that you, is that you, it's you, because they were white Trump supporters and the, mm-hmm. the stand down to the National Guard must have come from the top, shouldn't mustn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's two. So there's two. There's two important angles that, and this is why we need an independent commission. Because yeah. let's look at this. Look. Let's look at the farce that's happening right now in these hearings. Who, who's doing the questioning? Ha, the, everybody in that room was either a victim or a suspect on January 6th, and they're doing <laughs> they're doing the questioning. Right. This is this is a farce. So we've got to get to. I. I. I the only were reason the, I'm watching. This were you the is only one I, that was um, struck by Josh Hawley going now? If the FBI was going to collect someone's records, how would they do that? <laughs> I was like, yeah. have, asking for a friend. Do you, my phone? do you have my phone records from that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Chris, look, Chris Ray, I, when people paint him as evasive on that question or unprepared, here's what I think. He knows darn well they've collected the phone records of everybody inside that building. But he, he's not going to say that. And, and it's an ongoing investigation. And secondly, for the next insurrection, he, he doesn't want people to to throw away their phones. He wants yes. them to keep their phones yeah. and keep, keep keep taking selfies of themselves committing violence. It's, it was almost like if, you know, John Gotti got to be, you know, one of the questioners. And, and now if you were going to do a wiretap, how would that go exactly? Where would the car yeah, Hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sean, is something interfering with your happiness? Is it me? Is, are, they, are the vegetarian <laughs> recipes not quite doing it? Is it... Am I preventing you from achieving your goals? These, these are tough times, Stephanie. And that's why we have a new sponsor, BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P, as you would imagine it is. <laughs> BetterHelp seems mm-hmm. to provide professional help with ease. It's not a crisis line, right? Because this has kind of been an ongoing disaster in your life, me. Right, Sean? So it's not something new. <laughs> a little bit. But you get, right? You get a BetterHelp assesses your needs, matches with a licensed professional therapist. Start communicating in under 48 hours, connecting in a safe, private online environment. I am HR here, as you know, mm-hmm. and I tried to be our crisis counselor, but Sean was like, you're the problem. You can't help me, <laughs> which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> BetterHelp, you get a, a, right? You send a message to your counselor. You get a timely response. You schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Um, anything you share is confidential. I, I tried to ask your counselor. She wouldn't tell me anything. <laughs> No, Do you want to happening. try a new therapist? It's simple no. and free to switch. BetterHelp says they are more affordable than traditional off- online or offline counseling. Excuse me. Financial aid is, avail- is available. We are all having a, quite seriously a tough time in this lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Go to betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Yeah. Um, by the way, Andrew Mitchell tweeted, could someone on the judiciary please correct Senator Kennedy and the FBI director from continuing to propagate the false idea that Mayor Bowser had the power to call for the National Guard on January 6th? She does not. Only governors do. Presidents have power over D.C. Thank you. He ordered the code red. This came from yeah. the top. You mm-hmm. could tell Kennedy was like playing a game show. Oh, black lady, black lady. That's who it's, it's her fault. <laughs> let's, right. blame, let's blame the black lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. But, Look, um, these are the deep questions, right? The whole chain, imagine a police department, the U.S. Capitol Police, guarding the iconic symbol of our democracy. 
And and remember when Chief, former Chief Sund testified on the first hearing, and they said, Chief Sund, who's in charge of the Capitol Police? Now, you would think for most Chiefs of Police, that would be a very simple question. He started, his, the first two words out of his mouth were, I think, I, I think it's the Capitol Police Board, but then we have the sergeants at arms of the House and Senate, and then, you know, there's the Speaker, and then there's the Senate Majority what the hell kind of chain of command is that for a police department? So now move that whole convoluted mess to the District of Columbia and try to figure out who calls out the National Guard. It, it's a recipe for disaster. Well, mm-hmm. and of course, what was it? What was yesterday's? He, uh, Trump, I guess, and he did a call in to Fox. Of course, blame Pelosi. That's the other ridiculous thing they're trying to do, that, that Pelosi ordered the, the stand down or the whatever. Stand down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd, Frank. You know, I, we do need an independent commission. We do have politicians that weigh in on the security in the police department. I don't know to what extent they did. I have no idea, but that's why we need. But here's my concern. After 9-11, we had a, an independent commission that was that got us to the truth and most importantly, got us to tangible actions. We created DHS. We got the Patriot Act. We have a DNI. That all came from an independent commission. I'm very concerned that we are so deeply polarized today that we can't even put together an independent commission. They're already arguing about how to pick the people on the independent commission. Frank, it's ridiculous that they're saying, let's investigate, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter too then, you know, when obviously Chris Ray and every other expert involved saying they don't, they're not in any way involved in January 6th. It would be like, well, if, it would be like for 9-11 if we had insisted on, right? You know, so oh, you, you've got to also investigate MI6. It's like they weren't involved in, right, I think MS-13 pulled off the insurrection. I really do. I think, you know, <laughs> was it Lindsey Graham or Josh Hawley? Tom Cotton. Or, Tom Cotton. Yeah, Tom Let's talk Cotton about MS. Was, yeah. MS-13, a street gang did this. And then um, how about Lindsey Graham? Well, could international terrorists have infiltrated the Capitol? Oh, what? what, what? And, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Come oh my, on. I mean, Nobody, we're not going to get any answers, Stephanie. We're just not. Well, not, oh, here's, not. here's what Trump said. I, I definitely gave the number 10,000 National Guardsmen. Uh, I said you should have 10,000 National Guard ready. I, they took that number. From what I understand, they gave it to the people of the Capitol, which is controlled by Pelosi. I heard they rejected it because they didn't think it would look good. So, you know, that was a big mistake. And Pelosi spokesman said that claim is completely made up. I mean, it, yeah. it's look, the lies. Mm-hmm. The lies continue. The lies continue. And look, the one thing Ray and I have a column coming out today at MSNBC Daily on this. So Ray Ray spoke four great truths to to these liars yesterday, and I we just went through them. But there's one thing he did not say. He did not go the step further and say, until we hold accountable some of the people in this room and former President Donald Trump for radicalizing this group of people. We're not going to resolve the domestic terrorism problem. Yeah. Frank, um, just quickly on the Senator Whitehouse stuff, just because it go, he, um, he basically was saying, why the hell the FBI seems to think they don't need to answer any of Congress's question for the record. He said, do you know how many questions for the record the FBI failed to answer in the last four years? I'll tell you, there were nine hearings in this committee in which the FBI was a witness. Seven of them, they got exactly zero questions for the record. Seven, zero questions. Can you explain that? Ray's answer, of course, he could not. White House made sure to point out to Ray when the Republican members of Congress wanted information from the FBI about the Trump-Russia investigation, somehow they were able to get it quite easily and quickly. How were, the, uh, how were they saved the hassle and weight of the interagency process? Um, and Ray sort of had nothing. Um, Sheldon then uh, asked him what they were going to do about this problem of the fact they have questions from way back to 2017 that have yet to be answered. I mean, 
I get what you're saying about the FBI not being politicized, but that seems to say it was under Trump that that Ray yeah. favored Trump and Republican supporters. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty outrageous. The situation is outrageous, and I and I got a, I've got a two word answer, but it's it's I'm sure it's more complicated than that. The two word answer is Bill Barr. I, I I think that Bill Barr was controlling any flow of information out of FBI headquarters to Congress. The the, the sources I have, Stephanie, say that. The briefings that, you know, when I was assistant director, I was on the Hill, I don't know, a couple times a month, briefing, briefing, briefing. That my, my sources tell me that just came to a screeching halt, particularly with the Senate and House Intelligence Committees. Barr did not want the FBI briefing Congress, and I, I think he had a hand in this. Now, Ray has an opportunity to make this right under a new attorney general, Merrick Garland, um, and, and not further politicize the FBI and go back in time and respond to all of yeah. these requests. Yeah, he brought up, you know, was this a fake investigation of Brett Kavanaugh? Because it sure looks like it sure looks like they didn't do a real investigation. All right. Now, I've written and spoken about this. I I, and I don't know how much time we have, but that that reinvestigation of Kavanaugh is based on existing protocols that absolutely have to change. And a lot of people don't understand this when when they reinvestigate a nominee, as they did with Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. They treat the the FBI is required to treat the request as a client relationship, meaning the White House is the client in this case, and they get to dictate the parameters of a reinvestigation. Interview that woman, but not that woman. Go and go do this, but not that. That rule needs to change, and it needs to change very quickly. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go, Frank, how what extra layer of enjoyment do you get as an FBI agent when you are able to catch someone because they're extra dumb, like many of the Capitol rioters <laughs> that are taunting the FBI and saying, I dare oh, you to come listen, come arrest listen. arrest D's nuts with your chin. And that yeah. guy got arrested yesterday. Yeah, please. Yeah. Well, right. Please take selfies of yourself before and after the violence. Hopefully a friend of yours will post a video of you beating somebody else. That, that's very helpful. I love the woman um, last week in Boca Raton, Florida. The FBI called her to try to set up a time to meet, to, t- to discuss her presence at the Capitol. She goes on and posts a video saying, I'm not coming. And if you come to my house, I'll kill you at the door. They arrested her for uh, threatening assault on an FBI. Yes, I would so, imagine. Yeah, keep, you know, keep doing that. Yeah, that's, keep doing that's that. Great. Um, I'm reminded I'm reminded of the bank robber who literally slipped the teller a demand note written on the back of his deposit slip. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh, Very good. Now, the FBI has arrested more than 270 suspects. Ray said yesterday he called on the American public, uh, the FBI's greatest partner in the investigation. They've received more than 270,000 digital media tips. Um, I personally like the women that are uh, turning in their ex-husbands or boyfriends for being, uh, you know, insurrectionist douchebags. Ladies, think of every FBI agent as as handsome and fantastic as Frank Luguzzi. And then just... That's right. Give, give him a jingle. Give him a little jingle. Hell, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned <laughs> by a domestic terrorist. <laughs> yes. Right. Love you, Frank Luguzzi. Good luck today. You'll be on TV every second Thanks, of today. Thank you for your Thank view. You. For Thank you, Frank. All right. Have a great day. Get his, book, get his bestseller book. <laughs> 